0: If you would please stand and clap your hands and worship with us this morning.
1: Uh, bow your heads with me and I'm going to read uh, a word from Psalm 100 and just just let these words soak in as we continue on this morning. It's this a psalm of thanksgiving it says shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth serve the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful singing know that the Lord himself is God it is he who has made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Lord, as we continue on, we've just lifted you up. We know that in John, the first part of John, it says, the Light to shine in the darkness, and the darkness can't understand it. That's the name of Jesus. It's the the light that kicks down the darkness of our heart. It's the light that that just shines throughout this whole world that is truly hope, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we need your help this morning. We acknowledge all of our stuff. We just lay it out on the table. Thank you for being our Savior, for being God, for being the example to, to... follow after. Lord, speak to us in the only way that you can, in your Holy Spirit. We ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. Glad you are all here. Make sure you say hello to those around you.
2: Good morning. Just by way of announcements here, just before Luke continues with the announcements, I just want to share with you our birthday gift to Jesus. Um, if you'd look inside of your bulletin there, you'll see there's the, the birthday gift to Jesus list. Our goal this year is $90,000. That is our biggest goal that we've ever set. And uh, we're just looking, and this won't happen through any marketing plans, any schemes. This happens through prayer. We're coming to the Lord. We're asking God to honor, and we're asking Him to bless. And each week, we're going to share with you uh, one of these missionaries off the list. The fourth one down on the list this morning, is it says Jan and Anna Franca. Um, they are actually going to Serbia. We have Czech Republic there. We'll update that. They're actually going to, to Serbia. And uh, these folks, there they are. They stopped by the office here this week. And I snapped this picture of them in my office. Uh, it was really a blessing to meet these folks. These, these two, they were, he was a pastor in Windsor, Canada. He's originally from Yugoslavia. And so, Serbia is part of Yugoslavia, after their civil war it became multiple countries. And so they feel called to go back to Serbia, and they've been raising funds, they're, they're going with the ABWE Mission Board, and, uh, and they, have, uh, they, they have a son, I believe he's uh, a college-age student, his name is Ben, and uh, his name is actually not Jan, his name is Jan, uh, he come in, I was like, who's Jan? His name is Jan. Jan, 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 not Jan, not Jan. Jan, okay? Yawn, Anna, and Ben. Yawn, okay? So the, the the J has a Y to it, yawn. And I'll tell you what, these folks, they were so, so... Uh powerful. And they came in, they shared their vision with me, what they believe God wants them to do. And I'm going to put up a map of Serbia here. This map they gave me, and they showed me, if you look at this from a distance, it's hard to see, but we're going to be giving you guys some information down the road you'll be able to take home. But on, the, on this map here, there is a mobile home at the top there, a motor home, and that's going to be their home base. And, they, and they, they have this yellow line on the map. And they, and they explained to me that yellow line is as far south that the Reformation made it. And I'm like, you I mean like the Reformation? Like when Martin Luther and the Reformation and history, yeah. And what they were saying was that's as far south as the gospel, the message of Jesus as we know it. And the, that's as far south as the gospel made it. And so below there, there are not many Bible preaching churches. There's not much gospel. It's a very dark and closed country to Christianity. So they have, they're gonna get a motor home and they're gonna live up north. They have some connections up there. There's a church up there that they're gonna be connected with. And they're gonna get in this motor home and they're gonna go down and take six day trips into these different communities and as you see the different lines are going to come down and their plan is to just all throughout the year go into a different community sit and talk to people at the marketplace go to the farmers markets go to the different places where people congregate and talk to them about Jesus and I thought how powerful is that and so I'm like I'm getting excited I'm like I want to come over there and, and then they started to show me that below that yellow line, there's, there's about 10 or 12 churches that they know of. And they said, listen, these churches range anywhere from 7 to 30 people. 7 to 30 people. Like, that's it. Seven people, and they're calling it a church. And that, you know why that's a church? Because Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. And so they're going out, and they're they're saying we we feel compelled by the by the mission of Jesus to go down into these communities and sit and talk about Jesus. Uh, last year, after the birthday gift to Jesus, uh, in some of our overages, we were able to we were able to send them a gift. And they came in; they were they were in Harrisburg, and they were heading back to Windsor. And they stopped by. And they said, "We just wanted to say thank you." Thank you for your love. Thank you for supporting us. And I would like to ask you if you would take that list and begin to pray for them. Because uh, God is doing great things in in our world. Amen? He's using, he's got people all over the place. And so some will go, some will send. Uh, and so God, God's called us to be on the sending end over here. And as we are doing that, I want to ask everyone to pray. First of all, pray about your part. Like, this is Jesus' birthday. And let's make Christmas more about Jesus than anybody else. And, and make, give him the, the biggest gift. And, and make sure he's on your list. And, and you know, I'm not saying don't give gifts to your family. Of course you give gifts to your family. It's Christmas time. But make Jesus at the top. And I'll tell you what, I, I just love it whenever, whenever I do this personally. Uh, it, it's a big deal, and God transforms my life and makes Christmas completely different for me. I'm, I'm asking God, Lord, would you provide an X amount for me to give? And so as I do that, I, I just want to share with you this, what's happened already. As my wife and I are praying and we're asking God, would you please supply over and above so that we could give it to you, Lord? And, and if it comes in, we'll give it to you. And so if it doesn't come in, I'm not going to give it because God is my provider. So I asked the Lord, and I said, Lord, would you, would you provide in only ways that you can do? And I'll tell you what. We got a letter this last week or two. It was from, uh, from our health insurance. And our health insurance sent us a letter and said, we have been charging you too much, and we're going to give you a refund. Folks, that doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. I'm like, okay, God. And my wife's like, you know what God just gave us? God gave us, and and we're waiting for that check. When that check comes, it's going to go right into this. And so, like, I didn't know I was paying my Christmas offering ahead of time. Like, that's what God was doing, right? But God said, I'm going to do something, and I'm going to give you, and I'm going to make my name great. And I want to encourage us all as a church to, to, to take a step of faith. Uh, yeah, I have my budget. I know what I can do in my budget, and I've made priority there as well. But I also know that God wants to do great and mighty things that only he can get the credit for. And I want to ask you to step up to the plate and uh, just spiritually do that. This is for those that are growing in the grace of giving. There's never an obligation in our church to give at all in our church. But we want to, we want to help you as you grow in Christ. So there's our goal, 90,000, the highest goal we've ever set. And uh, we're going we're gonna to just watch that, that thermometer begin to grow. And uh, I just want to say thank you and God bless you as you respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in this manner.
1: So as you guys think about that, I just want to share a few things. Um, one, if you pass the friendship folders down the rows, and then I have three things I want to share with you. Uh, this week is the collection week for Operation Christmas Child, so please bring in those boxes this week. And then tonight is the packing party from 5.30 to 7. Bring in dessert to share. It's going to be an all-church. Um, just bring your family. If you haven't packed your own boxes, this is a great opportunity to do that 530 to 7 in the gym. It's going to be a packing party. And then on November 27th is going to be our Thanksgiving Eve gathering. And so it's going to be 7 p.m. here in the auditorium, a night of testimony, song, and uh, of communion. And also for the kids, there's going to be nursery. There's going to be child care up through 3 so there's gonna be child care up through three and it's gonna be a family, it's gonna be a family service. So feel free to bring your family and there'll be childcare up through three years old. Uh, Christmas, the musical is coming up this uh, this December 6th and 7th, so the Christmas dessert theater. Um, again, it's gonna be a fantastic time. So we're asking everybody to pray over three people to invite and join you and sit with you and just hear this message of hope. Beth DiPietro and her team are doing a fantastic job from everything in the back to the front. It's just been a phenomenal experience. My family, it, it, we're in it. And so I'm really excited. This is my first one. I've never done this before. So I'm really excited about that. This shouldn't deter you from going. But uh, the team is doing a phenomenal job. The songs, I mean, I'm singing the songs. Beth, you know, we're singing the songs like every day. Um, they're great. And so first and foremost, this team that we have for the Dessert Theater is on mission. Every week when we have practice, Beth, it's like, listen, our mission is to bring people to know Jesus. Our message is a message of hope, and that message of hope is Jesus Christ. So this team is no different than any other thing that we do in this church. So we're excited about that. Six and seven of December, invite someone to join you, and then for the, the after the, the after the actual musical, there's going to be desserts, really really good desserts in the gym. And Cindy Loudon is recruiting a team to serve at that. So if you would be interested in jumping on that team to serve. Um, even if you can just come one time, she can use you and bring you onto that team. Talk to her in the lobby, and she would love to talk to you. In fact, she put the Nutcracker in the lobby, or, or right in the end of the auditorium, so that I would remember to make that announcement. So please go talk to Cindy uh, if you're interested in serving on that team. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. I love our church. We're, we're just a bunch of quirky people. I love it. <clears throat> but we love Jesus. Amen. I love that. So as we uh, as we go to this time of, of, of giving... Um, I love that verse that um, we read at the beginning. It said, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And I think sometimes we need his help. So let's go before the Lord as we continue on this morning. Jesus, we love you. We commit this time. We commit this uh, this offering to you. And know that we're given to something greater than ourselves. Thank you for allowing us to be on mission. Thank you for allowing us to do your work from the musical to Operation Christmas Child to being a part of the privilege of seeing a family dedicate their children to opening up your word. God, this is such a privilege to be with your people to gather here. You've called this gathering. We lift you up, Jesus, and we ask all things in your name. Amen.
2: Today we wrap up our series on the Holy Spirit, the uh, the ghost stories, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And as we start out at the beginning of our series, we're reminded that Jesus said, It is more beneficial to you that I leave and send you the Holy Spirit. So there's something powerful in, to be said for the Holy Spirit. He has power. We looked at the conviction of the Holy Spirit We looked at the power of the Holy Spirit. We looked at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like God gives us all a gift, and uh, there's something supernatural that that he has given to each one of you as a gift, and he wants you to go do, and he wants a special task he wants you to do, and he's going to equip you for what he wants you to do. So today, as we wrap up our series on the Holy Spirit, uh, I want to give you this thought, that the Holy Spirit will impact the way that I live. Uh, If you have the Holy Spirit who's living in you and he's dwelling inside of you, he will impact the way that you live. He will transform you. Many people have asked me, well, how will I know that I have the Holy Spirit? Uh, You will know that you have the Holy Spirit by the transformed life, by the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the gentleness, the kindness. You will know it by by how that He is there, and this is what He brings into your life. The best evidence of the Holy Spirit is your life. And so today, we're going to look at a few scriptures this morning. We're going to be in in Galatians chapter 5 and also in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you're following along in your Bible, it'll also be on the screen, but uh, you can put your finger in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start there and also in Ephesians chapter 5. Now here, here, Paul says. He says, "I say then, Galatians five sixteen. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh." Um, th- this is a this is an active word here. It's an active participation. He wants you to walk in the Spirit. He says the Spirit of God is working. He's talking to you. You know, the, the, when you have the Holy Spirit in your life. He's going to convict you of sin. He's going to speak to you. He's going to guide you. And so we know all that. Now he says, I want you to actively participate in it. I want you to walk in sync with the Spirit of God. Did you ever see see a husband and wife at a mall walking together, you know? You see some, some couples actually walk together, like you'll see them, they'll be holding hands at the mall and just taking that nice leisurely walk. And then you'll see other couples where the wife will be ahead and the husband will be trailing behind. Have you ever seen that? Maybe some of you are watching me at the mall, okay? It's like when I go to the mall, now let me tell you what happens. When we go to the mall, man, she takes off like a rabbit. She just goes, you know? She can spend four hours in Target, I can spend four minutes. It's like, that's what happens. So, so you got this, this thing, I'm sitting on the bench. We're together, but we're not together, you know what I mean? It's like, we're walking together, we're kind of having this little bit of space. And then whenever it's time for me to go to Lowe's, you know, and I want to go around and look at stuff down there, you know, tolls that I wouldn't know what to do with, but you know, I'm going to go around and look at tolls and, and dream, I go down there and, you know, sometimes she'll... She'll, she'll just start the leg back behind. And then the last time I went, she says, do you mind if I just sit in the car? I was like, but we're together. Okay? You see, that's what happens sometimes in our life. The Spirit of God wants us to walk with Him, not Him with us. He wants, he wants you to, to be in sync with Him. He's speaking to you. The, you can translate this. Live by the Spirit is what He wants you to do. How... He says, I want you to walk in the, sp- in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, he's going to go here in just a few minutes. We're going to look at the lust of the flesh. All that means is your, your, your nature, your sinful nature, the sinful desires. You will not gratify the sinful desires of your fallen nature. He says, so if you, if you, if you walk in the Spirit, this area over here is going to be solved. And he knows because we all have this problem. We have, we have to deal with this. There's a constant pull here. Uh, he continues, verse 17. In and, and, uh, Galatians 5:17. we'll move that. He says, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you would not do, so that you do not do the things that you wish. He says there's a tug of war that's happening. Okay there is the, there is this depraved fallen nature that we all have and then if you've come to Christ you've trusted him as your personal savior he has given you a new nature all things have become new so we have the, there's this war it's kind of a tug of war do you ever play a tug of war you know, and raise your hand if you've, you've actually been on a tug of war, okay? A few of you have been on a tug of war. Sometimes it happens in your family, you know? Okay? So it's like, you, you have this tug of war that happens, and you kind of get, get going back and forth on a little tug of war. I remember years ago, I thought it would be really fun when I was, uh, running the youth ministry. I said, we're gonna, we're gonna have a tug of war in the gymnasium, and I, and I bought like 30 cans of shaving cream. Some of you might have been a teenager then. And I, and I put up this tug of war rope. It was a four-way rope. And I put shaving cream in the center. Let me just give you a piece of advice. Never take 100 teenagers, a tug-of-war rope, and shaving cream on a towel floor. Never do that, okay? I put this pow shaving cream on there, and these kids, man, they were like pulling. They are going crazy, and I'll never forget. Like, I thought we could do three games like that. Well, you can only do one because the shaving cream was everywhere. Kids were slipping and sliding. I had to learn somehow, right? So you you learn the hard way, right? But see, the tug of war was like, man, they would use me as the anchor. They'd put me on the one side. Come on, Pastor Ken, let us tie it around you. And they'd hold you over here. And so you get this going back and forth. And so this is kind of what happens in our life. We, we get this tug of war because we really want to follow God. And God has great plans for us. We want to do what he's called us to do. But yet I get this tug to do what I don't want to do. And, 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 and that, that happens in my life all the time. There are things that, you know, you, did you ever set out to do something good and just did nothing? Or you set out to do something good and you did total opposite of what you were going to do? And so I, I'm dealing with this tug of war. You're dealing with this tug of war. And he says, the way that you solve it is to walk in the Spirit. He says, "I want you to walk in the spirit so that you do not fulfill these, these, uh, so that you do not gratify these desires. We are called to live by the Spirit. This is what, how God wants you to live the Christian life. You see, the church is not about teaching good morals. Uh, if that's all it were, we'd just tell you, here's a list. go out and perform better." And that's called moralism. And I'm not saying that we should not be good moral people. But I'm telling you that it's not about myself trying harder. It's not about me going out because in my flesh, and he's going to show us here in just a few verses what the flesh will produce. But, but how do you walk in the Spirit? Like, do you ever look at somebody else's Christian life and you say, man, they are so victorious and they're having all these great spiritual things happen in their life. What's going on with mine? Why am I not having any victories Is it possible that they could understand and they're listening to the Spirit of God? Is it possible that they're walking in the Spirit and they're not walking according to their sinful? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And this is the principle to come back to, folks. The principle is this. Is this wise? What I'm about to do, the the decision I'm about to make, the places I'm about to go, is this wise for what God is doing in my life? Like, I see the Spirit of God moving in my life. Is this wise? So he says, don't live like fools. You know, a fool, anytime you see a word fool in the Bible, it is somebody who does not have God. Um, Romans 12, 2 says that, uh, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, to the way the world thinks. How does the world think? The world thinks of life without God. They think I just eat, sleep, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That's the end. I mean, and, and so... The, the, the challenge here is don't live like that. Like, don't live like somebody who has no God. Use the wisdom of God and apply the wisdom principles to your life and ask yourself, is this wise? Make the most out of every opportunity in these evil days. You know, there, we live in evil days. Would you not agree? We live in one of the heightened of evil days, I think. It's just like, wow, uh, uh, everybody's angry at everybody out there. Have you noticed that? Just turn on your favorite news station and turn the other one on. You'll find it, right? It's like everybody's just mad at everybody on this this stuff out there. Uh, You look at every issue. There's a division on everything. Where is that coming from? It's coming from the enemy. It's coming from the works of the flesh that we're going to see here in just a little bit. But he says, make the most out of every opportunity in these evil days. So, so you know what that means? That means that I need the Spirit of God to control me because whenever I go out in the community, whenever I go to work, whenever I'm involved with my family, there are, there are things that God is trying to do in my life and the Spirit of God wants to work and I've got to make the most out of every opportunity because there's somebody watching me that needs Jesus. And they're watching how I handle life. They're watching if I lie or if I don't lie. They're watching if I'm honest, if I'm a person of integrity. They're watching to see if I'm a person of bitterness or a person of forgiveness. They're watching all of this. And so so the, the whole world is watching. And you know, it's like sometimes you feel like you live in a glass house. Well, guess what? The world is watching you. It's not just the pastor. The world is watching you. You've named the name of Jesus. So they're saying, okay, what's different about you? Why should I name the name of Jesus? Like if you name the name of Jesus and you go out and you just live however you want, why should I name the Jesus? There's nothing different about you. They want to see somebody who's, who's been transformed, not somebody who's been conformed. You see, that's what religion does. Religion causes people to conform to moralism. And that's not what people are looking for. They're looking to see a genuine Transform person from the inside out. That's what the Spirit of God does for us. He says, Make the most out of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Oh, don't don't just live your life for yourself. That's what we do. We act thoughtlessly. We just kind of go and we, we run our own way. And then look here, he continues the very next verse says this, verse eighteen. He says, But do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, why did, why did the Apostle Paul, why did he use that example in this particular instance? Like, he just went down and he said, be careful how you live, uh, you know, don't war against the flesh. And now he's coming right in here and he says, do not be drunk with wine. Uh, some translations will take that, where that phrase says, because that will ruin your life. Some have there, for that is dissipation. And I said, well, what is dissipation? I, don't even, I, I never even heard that word. Uh, the old, older translation said, uh, wherein is excess. And I thought, oh, that just means he drank too much. But I went back and I looked in the Greek. What does the Greek, what's the original language say? The, lead, the original language says there, for it will be wasteful unsavedness. He's not saying you're unsaved. He says it would be wasteful. Your life will be ruined, and you won't be able to fix it. He says, look, what happens whenever you are consumed by wine, all right, or whatever, yeah, by wine. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. He says, look, when when you are drunk, what happens when somebody's drunk? They're under the influence. When someone is drunk, they're under the influence. You know what happens when someone's drunk? They think differently, they act differently, and they talk differently. I'll never forget years ago, growing up in Dormont, you know, I lived on Arkansas Avenue, and there was a few bars in town, and uh, we would sit out on the porch in the summer nights, and we would just, we knew our several neighbors, and I knew a couple of the guys that would go up to the bars every night, and uh, some of them were really fun people, like we good, friendly people in our, in our, in our neighborhood. And, uh, and, you know, we, we, actually, we like these people. They're our friends. And a couple of these guys would actually go up. You'd see them go up in the evening. They would sit on the porch. And as late summer nights, you'd wait for them. You'd be sitting out there. And you'd see them start to come home at night. And as they'd come home after midnight, 1 o'clock, you'd see them drunk. And they were under the influence of something that wasn't themselves. I mean, like, five hours earlier, they were walking up, and they were just walking up, and they were going up. They wanted to go hang out. And on the way home they were drunk. They were like, you know that stammer, you know? And listen, when you when when you live in city life, you get to see a little of that, right? And so they were in the, they were in the stammer and the stupor. Uh, and you'd hear them rah, rah, rah. You'd just the words and they just slangers it, ah, It's true, isn't it? A couple of them watered our lawn for us. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and what we saw was we saw the people that were our friends became controlled by a substance. And the Holy Spirit, he says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. The, listen, I've asked people why they do that. Why do you get drunk? Why do you drink? Some will tell me, I just need to calm down. I just need this. I need to calm myself down. I need comfort. You know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to give you comfort. He says he'll be your comforter. Like, there's no comfort a bottle can give you that the Holy Spirit can't top. Nothing. Like, it's not even comparable. It's not even apples to apples. It's not even apples to oranges. It's not even in the same thought pattern. Other people told me, I need it for confidence. Oh, I take this shot, and I, I get a little confident. Listen, the Holy Spirit, way more confidence than any substance can give you. Um, other people told me, I need it because I have problems. Listen, the Holy Spirit says, I'll be there. I will solve your problem. I'm there with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And folks, what happens, he's saying, he's contrasting. He says, look, don't go to these things that will not help you. He says, do not be controlled, just like somebody who's drunk is controlled by alcohol. Do not be controlled by that, but be controlled by the Spirit of God. In other words, someone who's drunk is under the influence, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You see, the bigger message here is, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's what God's message here is. The message is not about alcohol. The message is about the Holy Spirit being in charge. Like he's in control. Like when, 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 when somebody's drunk, what you did was you handed over control and, and the substance is taking control. And folks, it could be alcohol, it could be a pill, it could be a relationship. All those things can take control. And he says, don't let anything else control your life but the Spirit of God. For when the Spirit of God controls your life, there is nothing that you can uh, ask for that will be more. You see, when you experience the Holy Spirit, you will come back for more. Just like the person who's drunk, he got to go back. He says, I need another one, and I need another one, and I need another one. Just like that, you will come back to the Holy Spirit because you'll say, man, I love that. Like you go out and you tell somebody about Jesus and you saw the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, I'm coming back for more. I'm going to tell somebody else about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's there. The power of God is on there. You go through a problem and you do it with God. You saw the Holy Spirit answer and solve problems. You say, man, I'm ready for the next crisis because the Holy Spirit will be there and he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And in those moments, they're pain. I've told you before, I don't sign up for pain, folks. I'm not on that list. But somehow I got on it. I always have pain, right? I have emotional pain. I have social pain. I have physical pain. And I have spiritual pain. And I have found that there's only one answer. And it's not, it's not getting a high at church. It's not getting a high in my community. It's not feeling good about anything. It's not a substance. It's not a food. It's none of that. It is Jesus alone. And it's the Holy Spirit of God. And here's what happens. When I get a wreck, I'm in charge. When my heart is a wreck and I have to come over and I have to say, God, I need your Holy Spirit to calm me down. Like, I have to pray that a couple times a day. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You know we sang that song a few weeks ago? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I don't sing that about the church. I sing it about my heart. Holy Spirit, you are welcome right here. Right now, Spirit of God, work in my life. I need you to transform me because my mind just was shredded. My heart was torn apart. God, I'm faced with worry. I'm plagued with all these things. And as we go to, that, to those moments there, we must start to understand that the Spirit of God is there and He wants to work in your life and He wants to give you victory there. But we always go to other places of control. Sometimes it's just you trying to be in control. Like, forget the alcohol. You try to take it into control. And God says, don't even you go into control. You put the Holy Spirit spirit in control. So, so what he says here, now continue on here. Look, look what he says here. Um, when, when you experience the Holy Spirit, just as, just as a substance makes you think differently, act differently, and speak differently, so will the Holy Spirit cause you to speak differently, think differently, and act differently. And look as we continue on. Ephesians 5.18, he says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. You know what that means? It means when you give the Holy Spirit control, He's going to change your tune. He's going to change your tune. Because when you're in control or something else is in control, it's not a good tune. You ever been around a grumpy person? Don't be nudging anybody now, okay? You get around a grumpy person. You get around somebody who's got the qualities of God. Wow. You see, this is what happens to me. And I have this daily battle. I have to to come back and I have to be filled with the Spirit of God. That means I give him control. So as I come and I give control to God, he fills my life and he begins to change me and he gives me a new song. He says that you'll sing psalms. Uh those the Book of Psalms, if you go in the Bible and read the book of Psalms, you'll see that those were songs that they actually sang on the way to worship. Like as they made their annual pilgrimage to the to, to worship God and to their Passover, they would sing these songs. And 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 today we try, some of our songs actually come from there. You sang, I could sing of your love forever. That's from the book of Psalms this morning. Uh he says that you'll sing psalms. He says that you'll sing hymns. You know, there's many of the old songs of the faith that I have that, that I love, great is thy faithfulness, O oh God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with you. And I sing that, listen, I sing that whenever, whenever I'm facing circumstances that look uncertain. Whenever things look up and down and all around. And, and then he says spiritual songs, hymns and spiritual songs. This morning you're just saying, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. That's that's why we sing in church. That's why we come together. There's a purpose for it. It isn't just to fill 15 minutes. It's for you to, to get your mind focused on the things of Christ, and it's for the Holy Spirit to get in charge. And he says when he's in charge, this is what you will do. Some of us aren't good singers. He didn't say you're going to be a soloist. He says you're going to sing and make music where? In your heart. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. I couldn't play an instrument if I tried. Listen, I have an accordion, that's about it. I can play Christmas carols. And they're really good. But anyhow, <laughs> make music to the Lord where. It's not about a talent. You know, if if it were only these 10 people on a stage that were worshipers, God really missed the boat, didn't he? He says, "I want every one of my followers to walk in my spirit." To be filled with me, and I will transform them. I will give them the song. And so God puts a song in your heart. Tomorrow morning when you're off and you're facing work, what's the song in your heart? Who are you reminded of? Are you reminded of yourself and the shortcomings and the problems? Or are reminded of his goodness? That's what he does. He changes your tune. Um, So powerful. And then the next verse here, uh, verse 20. He says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father. You'll have a thankful heart. Listen, people who are walking in the Spirit have a thankful heart. They don't think anybody owes them anything. They're grateful. They're grateful because the debt has already been paid on the cross. Give thanks to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now, jump back over. He says to walk in the Spirit, and I just showed you how you do that, is by being filled, by being controlled. So this means that you have to be filled every day. Uh, When you trusted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit stepped into your life, and you have all of the Holy Spirit. The question is, how much of you are you going to let the Holy Spirit have? How much control are you going to give to the Holy Spirit this morning in your life? Galatians 5.19. Here's what happens whenever we are in control or something else is in control. Now, check this out. He says, now the deeds or the works of the flesh are evident. They are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousies, outburst of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing. And he makes this list, and the list is not to be like, these are the only things. This list is a sampling. And I want you to catch this, because as you go through there, he says immorality. The the Greek word there is adultery. It's uh, sexual immorality. means sex outside of marriage. Sexual sins outside of the covenant relationship of marriage. Um, impurity. The Greek word there is pornea. It's from where we get the word pornography. Certainly impure, isn't it? When I was a kid, uh, pornography was limited. It was down at, the, down at the store and it was behind closed places now it's pumped into every digital device. Our kids almost don't stand a chance. Why? The works of the flesh. See, whenever we're in charge, and what that says is, I'm more important than anything else. Pornia. Um, Sensuality, that's just uncleanness in general, just general, sexually unclean. Idolatry, putting, putting, making an idol, you know, we can make anything an idol. Uh, any, uh, many good things become an idol, like things that you need, things that you've worked for. We can make them an idol, and so we end up worshiping them instead of God. Um, sorcery. You know the word for sorcery in the Greek is pharmakeia. It's from where we get the word pharmacy. There's the drug problem in our society. It, it's the works of the flesh. Um, And you continue on, and you look at those are some biggies, right? Then you look, it says enmities, and the word there is really this idea of hostilities, that ugly tension. Strife is all the quarrelings and the arguments. Um, Jealousy, everybody understands jealousy. Outburst of anger, that's that angry temper. We got that angry temper. Disputes, that's all about selfishness, selfish ambition. Uh, Dissensions. That means no unity, stand apart. Factions and, or, or heresies, that means we become our own little part over here. We're the only ones who think that we are right. And the list goes on. And he says there, he says, in other words, the kind of heart that produces these vices is a heart that thinks of itself as though somebody owes him something. You look through that whole list there. When it says the works of the flesh, the, they, they, that's what they are. They're works of the flesh because you, you're, you think somebody didn't take care of you. So you've got to be angry. You've got to be envious. You have factions. You have all these things. Somebody didn't take care of you. You're going to take sexual matters into your own hands. Somebody didn't take care of you. You're going to uh, uh, go and drink your problems away. Uh, carousing and, and all these things. And, and you look at that and you say, Wow. God, I don't want my life to be like that. And, and, and surveys are telling us that Christians are living many of their lives like that because they're walking away from the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit nudges you. And you go to a place that you don't want to go. And, and you do something that you know you don't want to do. And that's what Paul said. He said, there's this tug of war that's going on back and forth. And he says, listen, don't walk in the flesh. But walk in the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God control you. And the next verse, verse, uh, verse 20, he continues. He says, and such like this. He says, and, the, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so what he says is not if you've done those once or twice type of thing. He says, look, that is the characteristic of somebody that does not know God. He goes on. He says, let me give you the characteristic of what God can do in your life. Let's go to the next verse. He says, but, but, I love it. God never gives bad news without good news. Ever. He always gives bad news and good news follows, right? But the spirit of but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Wow. Which list do you want in your life? What do you want to fill your life with? Do you want to fill your life with you being there? What what do you want to fill your life with? Do you want to go over there and say, yeah, yeah, all these things over here, because somebody owes me something. I got to get even. I got to get right. And I got to take care of myself. What do you want? Love joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. You know the people that you're attracted to are the people that we just described. Love, joy, peace, gentleness. Like you, you, want, you, you can't even put your finger on it. There's, those are the qualities that you want to come to. And so God's not saying here, the passage is not saying, hey, take these things out of your bag and put these other things in. He's saying, look, as you come to the Spirit of God, He will fill you. And as you let him fill, be filled with the Spirit of God, I have to to come to the Lord and I have to ask him to fill me, be in control every day of my life. Sometimes I have to come back at noon and one o'clock, two o'clock and say, Lord, I need a little bit more power. I took control back to my own self, right? What do you want your life to be filled with? Do you want it to be filled with all that first list? Do you want it to be filled with the last list? You see, the first list, we can produce this Envy, strife, immorality, we can do all that on our own. That's pretty simple. The Holy Spirit has to produce love, joy, and peace. And you'll be frustrated if you try to produce it. But he says, come to the Spirit of God and be filled with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will fill your life if you let him. He will fill it. Like Like, here's what happens in your life. So much good will come into your life. Like God will work in your life and pretty soon all of a sudden these other things you'll say, what happened? They're gone. And, and, and that's, that's how this works. It's, it comes by coming to God. And so it's not like, I got to try harder. I got to be a better person. And as we close this morning, I, I just want to share this with you. My, my nephew Hunter, he's down here. Give Hunter a hand. He's a good guy, man. I love Hunter. My, uh, uh, my, my nephew, Hunter, he's, he just turned 15. It was a good excuse to get a hamburger. So uh, we went out and had a hamburger for his 15th birthday. And, you know, about the past year, maybe nine months or so, Hunter's been coming up to church. Like, and it wasn't because of Uncle Ken. You know, you think your, pa- your, your uncle's a pastor? God just worked in his life. He started coming up with Grandma. He called Grandma one day and said, Hey, Grandma, can I go to church? I'm like, Hunter, it's so cool. Hunter's had a new change in his life. And I'm not saying Hunter's perfect because, listen, I'm never going to put that pressure on anybody. He's just a teenager like all the teenagers, growing and trying. But something happened in his life. He's different. He's changed. It was the Spirit of God got the credit. It wasn't because Uncle Kenny said, Go do this. Go love your daddy. No. He started to love his daddy because the Spirit of God showed up in his life. And the Spirit of God transformed him. And so Hunter comes up here every Saturday night. He beats me up here on Saturday night. Last night, Hunter was up here at 5 o'clock, and he was helping. He helps run the, run the stuff in the back sometimes on Saturday night, and, and he'll, he'll, he just loves to be here. Like, he was here last night from 5 o'clock. I took him home at 8. And he got back here this morning, and he's staying here all day, and now he wants me to do other stuff today. I'm like, Hunter, take it easy. I'm an old man, okay? So so but check this out. A few weeks ago, Hunter said, Can I drive the car? I'm like, Yeah, go ahead. You can drive the car. It's, it's eight o'clock at night and there's nobody up here. So I I you know I go out the first time, I, I let him drive, and you know, first time he pulls out, it's like, Urgh! you know, it's just like you're getting all jerked around, and I'm sitting in the passenger seat, he's in the driver's seat. I'm like, Hunter, let me teach you how the brake works. Slow. And then he found the gas. <laughs> on, you know, so I went from one direction to the other, right? And so, so Hunter was having fun with that. you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then, uh, then, then you know, one night I said, hey, you're going down to drive down the hill. He goes, no. I, th- I told him to drive the Dairy Queen. He, I think he, he almost lost it. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. So, so one night I jump in a car and Hunter takes me around the parking lot like 10 times. just kept circling around. I was like, Hunter, what are you doing? He goes, I'm driving. (laughs) And you know what happens when somebody else is driving? You're not in control. You're not in control. I mean, I gave Hunter the keys. And and, and I got in the car and I said, Hunter, I know you're only 15, but I'm going to trust you not to hit. There's only two poles out there. Don't find them, okay? And and that's why there's big red tape on them. And and so, so Hunter, just be good. And Hunter took control of my car. And I sat in that driver's seat, and I was like, I am no longer in control. This is the scariest moment of my life. A 15-year-old, I actually was 14 when I first started doing that, a 14-year-old crazy man is driving my life. But you know, that's what God wants. He wants to be in control. And when you hand the keys over to him, he's not too hard on the brakes. And he's going to drive you where he wants to go. And if God is the God of the universe, I think you can trust him that he knows where he's going and he knows where he's taking you. And it may be for forgiveness. It may be for some repentance. All those things that God's working in your life, I would trust him to be in control, not yourself. Let's close in prayer. Let's bow our heads this morning. And as we close, I want to invite you to Jesus just come before the Almighty, the King of Kings, and the first step of the Holy Spirit in your life is the call on Him. It says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus died on the cross, and He paid for your sin. He came back to life again for you, and all He asks is that you would trust Him. So if you'll do that this morning, would you just trust Him? Would you, would you just bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and, and just say, God, I come before you. And this morning I need you. You died on the cross, you paid for my sin, and God, I give you my sin, and I ask you to transform my heart. God, I'm broken. You, God, I'm broken, I'm broken, I'm broken. I have so much pain, but I know that you love me. And I give it to you this morning. I give you my heart. God I just want to recommit I want to commit my life to you maybe for some it's a recommitment this morning just just come before the Lord just let the Holy Spirit be alive and working in your life and for others this morning maybe you're struggling with who's in control like do you name the name of Jesus and not let him be in control like how does that work why name him Why say I'm a follower of God if I'm not going to follow him? Like, you're missing all the blessings. You're missing all the power. So today, I ask you to surrender. Surrender to Jesus. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you every day this week, pray. Holy Spirit, fill me control me. Like, if that would be the prayer of our church, every day that the people from Crossroads wake up in the morning, and the first thing we say is Holy Spirit, fill me today. What could God do? How could He develop peace, love, joy, gentleness, kindness? All those things that everybody else let down on you. They let you down in those areas. God will produce them in your life ask him to control you. Father, be with each person this morning as we respond to the goodness of our great God. God, do your work as only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together today. Would you please greet a few people around you? We're glad you're here today. God bless you. You are dismissed.